0: You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. Hey, if you're welcome, if you're uh, online, we just want to welcome you here in the house. Uh, I am Pastor Steven. I am the youth pastor, kids pastor, the janitor, the executive assistant to Pastor Peter, who he just tells me to do whatever he wants me to do. Uh, I do everything. Uh, Just joking, but... I'm not celebrating you at all. No. Uh, but nonetheless, today is a beautiful day. This is our third week in the series. Pastor Jody is not here, as you can clearly see. Um, we are blessed to have a pastor who has relationship with other pastors in town. And I don't know if you guys realize that that is a true value that we have. And because of that blessing that we have in our pastor... Um, he's able to speak at another church who is going through some tough times. So we just thank Pastor Jody for being out there at the other church, um, and able to share there. And he told me, Hey, you're on for the day. It's like, sweet baby rays. Let's get it done. So we're in the third week of our Christmas series and we're looking into, uh, all the elements of Christmas. Um, we're going to jump in, uh, before I jump in, I just feel like we should open in prayer. So I'm going to open in prayer. Let us pray. Dear God, help us to see your word for what it is the truth, the way, the light. And open our eyes and reveal to us, Lord, what it is you want to share with us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I happen to be, I happen to love treasure hunts. Now, the thing about this is, as much as I love treasure hunts, I want the treasure hunts to last maybe a couple seconds. All right? So, like, just, you know, if someone say, for instance, example, I hid a twenty dollar bill under one of your chairs right now. Would you guys get up and start looking for that? How many, if I said I hid a twenty dollar bill under your chair, how many of you guys would start looking for it? Some of you guys, some of you guys wouldn't care less. All right, why would, I don't want to listen to you? You because you don't you know the truth, right? I'm not going. First of all, I'm not hiding a twenty dollar bill under your chair. I want you to hide out a twenty dollar bill for me. So there's no twenty dollar bill under your chair. But if you told me there was a twenty dollar bill under my chair, my personality is I'm going to look under my chair. I'm not going to look under anybody else's chair because once I look under my chair and I realize there's no twenty dollar bill, I think you're lying and I'm passing. But there are other people who are intent on the treasure hunt. They are diehard fanatics. If there's a twenty dollar bill under the chair, if it hasn't been found by the end, they're going to get up. They're going to search every single chair there is. Right? Um, I consider that kind of like 2020. 2020 has been a treasure hunt, and and let me just give you let me just tell you why. Uh, I was Sharing, uh, I had to test the mic out on a Thursday before uh, with uh, Lee and Joey and Pastor Cherish. And we got up here and I was sharing a a quick thing about how 2020 has been so beneficial and it's been the year of the introvert, right? Extroverts have had all the rest of the years. 2020, this has been their year, right? And I started to think about this and Lee brought it back up to me this morning. The treasure hunt really has been what benefit have we found to 2020, I know 2020 has been difficult. Maybe some of us have given up. We're like, you know, we're not going to find any treasure whatsoever in 2020. But if you search, if you really took the time, you pull back every month, January, February, March, April, May, and then the rest of them. I'm sure it goes, I don't know the rest, go to December, right? You pull back every month, you're going to find a treasure in 2020. You're going to find a treasure somewhere, but you got to be looking for it. And I wonder how how many of us are willing to put in the time to find the treasure. Today's story happens to be about treasure hunters. To give you a little backdrop, before Jesus showed up on the scene, there was 400 years of silence from God. 400 years. I know some of us in here are close to 100, Pastor uh, Ronnie. Um, some of us are closer to 100 than others, right? Uh, but there was 400 years of complete silence, nothing from the Lord. All he left him with, was a treasure hunt, which was his word of God. And many people had given up. They hadn't read it, they hadn't seen anything happen, and they had really given up. But there was a group of wise men in the eastern land that did not give up. That they were reading it and they were studying the scriptures on a daily basis. They were highly educated. People thought they were like magicians. But just because they didn't understand what was going on. These people were highly educated. They were able to pick apart God's words to determine what is going on. And after years and years and years of studying to passed down from generation to generation. These magi were picking apart the word. And they were still excited because they knew the promise was coming. So on that backdrop, it's kind of where we pick up our story. Matthew. Chapter 2 says this in verse 1. And I'm going to read a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm going to read a little bit more. I'm going to talk a little bit more. I'm going to read a little bit more more. I'm going to talk a little bit more. You get it. Okay. It goes like this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern land arrived in Jerusalem asking, where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw a star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Little backdrop again. Wise men. Wise men, that was a word we put on it, but it actually means magi, we're short for magician. And it covers a wide variety of studies. It covers, I wanna make sure I get this right, so it covers, loosely covers dreams, astrology, magic, books, science. They just put that word magi on a lot of different studies. So these are people that are highly educated, right? And the people who gave them this name, whether it came from the Babylonians, Chaldeans, the Medes, the Persians, and others like that. They put this name on these wise men. Being as though they were from the eastern land, we're not sure exactly what part of the eastern land they were from. But what we do know is that these were descendants of once-exiled Jews to these lands. And here's how we know this. Um... Because they gave them the name, yes, but if you also look at it, they came to worship their God. If you didn't have a God, if you didn't associate yourself with this God, you wouldn't come to worship this God. So they were Jews living in distant land. I, it, it, it blew my mind because I didn't even realize that. I always thought they were just like some foreign people that didn't know anything about God. But these were just people that happened not to be in the epicenter of where Christian or Christianity or where the Jewish religion was at the time. So these were. Distant land, eastern shore, they travel many, many miles to be there. They're highly educated, which is a big deal, because we always consider people that are very smart. And maybe you don't. I'm stupid, so I consider people very smart. So this is my comparison. I consider people very smart having a a difficult time accepting Jesus or accepting Christianity, right? Because they can reason it out. And so in my mind, I think of people that are highly educated, it's a lot harder for them to, to... to believe in Jesus than people that are not as educated. And I know that's not right thinking, but you guys realize I'm not the smartest tool in the box, right? I'm not the sharpest thing. So I compare myself to them. as like, they must have a difficult time. If I'm having a difficult time, just believing what I believe. I can only imagine if I knew more how hard it would be. So, but I think about them and I think about these guys who are very smart, who spent time searching the scriptures. And when you're very smart and God illuminates text to you. The the thought changed in my mind was maybe just maybe the more you read God, the more you discover, the more passionate you become about learning about him, the more you read and discover about God, the more you want to say, you know what, I'm going to do all I can to make sure I understand every single word so that I can explain it so that I can worship him so I can search him on a daily basis. Maybe being smarter could be beneficial. So that one's for my wife. Maybe you are beneficial. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything else. All right. Verse 3, it says this. "King King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone else. Do you guys realize this was a Jewish nation? And when these wise men, who were also Jews, came asking questions... It disturbed all of Jerusalem? It disturbed? Yes, the king was disturbed. Look, who is this king? He's like, you know what? They're going to come overthrow my throne. But no, they were disturbed. They were like, hold on. How do you know this and we don't know this? Have you ever been in a church and you heard truth for the first time? And it like hit you to the core where you like, you were kind of mad that they said that? How dare you tell me that? It's like somebody coming to you and offer you a piece of gum. Hey, Sam, you want a piece of gum? How dare you think that? Does my breath stink? I'm trying to be nice about it. Yes, your breath stinks. It's a piece of gum. That's the truth. They were kind of disturbed, thrown back. What do you mean there's a prophet, there's a king that's born in this land? They were disturbed. They were bothered by these men asking questions because they thought they knew everything. But what they didn't realize is what we don't realize is that sometimes when you get close and familiar with something, you lose sight of what's really happening. Sometimes, even Pastor Jody, when we have the gift of a pastor who have relationships with other pastors in the community, when you're this close, you lose sight of the benefit that you have in your own house. They stop looking through the scriptures. They will disturb when other people are still believing the text. How dare you still believe what God wrote in his word to be true? How dare you have the faith to come all the way from Eastern Land, wherever that Eastern land is, to Jerusalem, asking us questions about this newborn king. Because you saw his star, supposedly his star. We saw the same star too. It, it looked like a night nice star. It was bright and all, but it wasn't his star. We heard it before. When I grew up in the, you know, those Pentecostal churches, Jesus, you guys, Pentecostal churches, they always preach, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> I said he's coming back. <laughs> Turn and burn. <laughs> we, I grew up in this church, so every year we thought Jesus was re- returning back, right? We would go to the altar, repent of our sins. I got baptized like 17 times, right? I mean, like, we were always like, Jesus is coming back. I better get it right. Uh-oh, Don't you better not go over that girl house. Jesus is going to return and you're going to burn. You get what I'm saying? After a while of hearing the same message over and over again, you kind of get, yeah, Jesus is returning. And I don't know about you. I kind of been that way with the whole message. Jesus is returning. Yeah, we heard it before. My grandparents heard it. My great grandparents heard it. Their great great grandparents heard it. We heard the message. The star. Yes, this is the star. It's amazing. Yeah. We heard that before. Think about it. That's like, think about things. Verse 4, it says this. Uh, This is the King Herod. He called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? That's interesting. In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities in Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Wait a minute, you mean to tell me that these guys had the information, that they understood what was going to happen? Did you realize that the king, all he simply did was ask around? He went to some other guys like, hey, tell me more about the text that you already have. And they was like, oh, no biggie. I I know all the information. I know everything there is to know. Let me tell you. He was born in Bethlehem. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. Bam. There you go. They had the information, they saw the signs, and yet they denied the very power of the, the very existence of what was going to happen at this moment because no one changed. The only people that really did anything during this period, I mean, there was a couple of people, but was these men from the Easter land, these magi that traveled all this way. I wonder if we're doing the very thing that that Paul encouraged us not to do was we're looking into the... Oh, James encourages us not to do. We're looking at the word of God on a regular basis and looking at our own shadows and going away and not changing who we are. I wonder if we're seeing the text, believing... We know that the Bible says you can have healing, right? It's by your stripes you you are healed. We know that God says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. We know that I have the mind of Christ, that I am loved. We know all there is in the power of the words, but I wonder if we are not actually truly acting on what we believe if we're looking every day in the mirror and not changing it's one thing to say oh i'm a believer of a christ it's another thing to put that belief into action it's one thing to tell people jesus loves you it's another thing to start acting on that when you see someone in need are you actually doing something about it are you being like the ggs in our congregation that say you know what i see a need i'm gonna feel a need it's one thing to know that God shall supply all my needs. It's another thing to be in your house when the bills are due, saying, "God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I might as well go and I was going to say, sell something, sell something. I could say, sell something, sell some shoes, some clothes. There you go, parents. You know what I'm talking about. It's one thing to have the word and understand that the power is in the text, head knowledge." It's another thing to let that head knowledge transform your heart into action. Just a thought. Just a thought. Verse 7 says this. Ding, ooh, ding, ding, then, <coughs> then King Herod Called a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from that time when the star first appeared. Then he told him, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. I love it. I want you guys to realize, and the Bible guy uses who and everything he wants. He used a donkey. He used King Herod to give these guys a little bit of glimpsure of hope. Glimmer of hope, glimmer of hope. Because maybe they got to Jerusalem just based on the whim, right? You know, we saw the star. We know that we believe in the text. It's supposed to be in Jerusalem somewhere. We can't quite pinpoint it. Then he got there, and then the king called a private meeting and said, hey, let me tell you the information I found out. Oh, I don't know if you've been there where you feel like giving up. You guys, before I moved here, I felt like giving up. Not like, like ending my life. No. I mean like giving up on ministry. I was in ministry for years. I felt like I was in the same rut. And I was like, God, do you even know that I exist? That I've been doing this for you all these years? And God just gave me a little glimmer of hope. By the name, by this little guy. You know, little little guy. He called, texted me, email me. Hey, do you remember me? We went to school together. I'm Pastor Jody. You know the little guy. such A little glimmer of hope. And then I get a phone call. And I answer, who this? You know, because I'm a thug, nasty thug. Who this? And he goes, um, this is uh, Pastor Peter. I was like, oh, yes, sir. I had to put on my good voice. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Yes, it's amazing. Good to see you. That little glimmer of hope changed and gave me more faith to continue on my journey of serving the Lord. These men, these magis, got a little bit more information that gave them more hope to continue searching. Continue going after what they believed in. Again, just some thoughts. Verse 9. After this interview with the wise men, I mean, after this interview, the wise men went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Oh, I love God. Because it was as if these men had probably reached the end of their road. They got to Jerusalem with all the information that they knew. Then they got a little nugget from a king who wanted to actually kill baby Jesus. And then they went a little bit farther. And as they went, a star appeared. The same star that they had seen from a while back had reappeared. And this time, it guided them to the very house that the baby was at. You don't realize how much God loves you. He just needs you to do what he told you to do. Then he will show up with the next thing that would encourage you to keep going. Right now, you're like that woman with the issue of blood. You have a problem. You've been suffering with this problem for all these years, and God told you to do something. Stop. I have a brother. His name is Benjamin. He moved to Georgia I want to say 10 years ago. I'm just giving you a random number. Don't worry about that. That's just the Lord saying amen. All right. Give you. He moved to Georgia 10 years ago. When he first moved to Georgia, God told him, I need you to go to. I want to say his Karis Bible College is in uh, Colorado. I I want to say that's what his name is. But I want you to go to this Bible college. He had been disobedient, disobedient all these years. He needs a kidney transplant. He's a diabetic. And over the, the past 10 years. His body has slowly suffered. He lost a toe. He lost another toe. He lost a leg. He needs, he, at one point, he needed like a heart transplant. He, he's been in dire need of some healing from the Lord. During the summer, he decided, I'm done with diabetes. diabetes. I'm done with the things that the diabetes, what is it called? They have to go on a regular basis to get the blood sucked out. Dialysis, thank you. I'm done with dialysis. He got in the car, he had his leg cut chopped off. He drove to Colorado. Do you know that as he went, he didn't get healed. I'm not, y'all was like, wow, that'd be an amazing story. It'd be awesome if I was still back. His leg grew back while he was driving. That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, woo, Jesus, make it preach. But that's not what happened. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> as he went to that place and he got there. The man at the Bible college opened the door, prayed for him, and he prophesied over him along the lines of you need to be at this school and you need to go see this doctor in town. He hasn't been able to get on the kidney transplant list. He goes to see that doctor. He's like, I don't know what to do, God. The doctor says, we're putting you on the kidney transplant list right now. Oh my you got, it's those glimmers. It's those little things that encourages along the way. But we got to start. Going. Remember Peter as I'm. I'm, Peter, right? He said, God, is it really you? Tell me to walk on water. And Peter started walking on water. You guys, if you want to walk on water, you got to start traveling. You got to start walking on that water. You got to start going because God is not going to show up. And if he already gave you instructions until you actually start doing something about it. You can't sit on your butt expecting God to move. If he told you to move, get your butt up and wait for that star. As you're moving out, that star will come and you will see it and will guide you to the direct path you're supposed to go. I'm sorry, all the kids, I'm screaming. I don't want to. I'm sorry, I'm screaming. I'm I'm also a preacher. (laughs) I need my towel, Jesus. Right? Last two verses and then I'm going to give you some points. Verse 10 says this They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their chests, their treasure chests, and gave him gold, I mean, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Final thoughts for this and then I'll give you some points. When you prepared your life for something, you prepared your whole life and you get one opportunity. It reminds me of Eminem's song. All I get is one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. The opportunity comes once in a lifetime. If you don't know that song, I praise God for you. I wasn't always saved. You get one shot. These Magi's had their one shot. These Magi's had their one shot. They got to go worship their king of kings, their lord of lords. And when they got their shots, oh, they made the most of the opportunity. They said, if this is the only shot I got, I'm going to bow my face to the ground. I'm going to worship my king, and I'm going to give him gifts to show them how important he is to us. There's significance in the gifts, and this is not a message about the significance of the gifts. But they used their chance that they had to do what they knew God had called them to do. There's three things we can learn from these Magi, and I'm going to breeze through these really quick. Number one is the Magi searched. There's a search, there's a, a hunger for searching in all of us. You don't believe me? If you're a husband, did you have to hunt for your wife? Or she, did she just fall in your lap? Right. We search. We're searching. We love Google. Like, I mean, we got a question. We quickly get on Google. Why do you think Google so popular? Because people like to search for things. People are always on the hunt. Talk to a man who likes to go hunting. Right. My, my buddy Landon, he's a big hunter. Uh, he's a country boy at his best. Right. He likes to go hunting. Go get him a big 12 pointer. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if the points are <laughs> right. Right. But they like to hunt. They like to search. We all have something to search for. But are you searching for the right thing? The Magi searched for the right thing. Number two, the Magi's followed. We are all, whether we believe it or not, we're following something. Why do you think social media is so big? Why do you think we're following so many people on social media? Because we're getting influenced. The more, the more people we follow, the more we're getting influenced by. The culture is being shifted all around us by people who are just simply influencing other people. And the Satan knows that because he's a big influencer. He comes to kill, during the story. He don't do it because he does it by big action. He simply, simply does it by whispers and influencing people to make decisions. We like to follow something. Magi followed the signs. They weren't like everybody else who gave up on it. They kept searching and they kept following. Every sign, every little breadcrumb that Jesus left along the way that led them down the road, they just kept following. I want to encourage you guys, keep following the signs. Don't be that person that asks God, God, send me a sign, and he, he puts, a, he puts a, a door right in front of you. He's like, I don't know if that's the right door. Don't worry about it. Again, Jesus is saying amen. The Magi follow the sign. And lastly, the Magi's worship. All three of these things, searching, following, and worship, there's something in us That cries out to do these things. We worship things all the time. You don't even realize. If I was to ask someone in this audience, I'm not gonna say their name, Alicia, what's the best place on the world? She would say, Disney. I'm not saying that Disney is her eider, but I do wanna say you should have no other God before him. Just point that out. We worship things. We worship football teams. If I ask you, what's your favorite football team? Go dogs, Tennessee, do they even have a team? I don't know. Right? You're going to spit out your team. uh, Clemson Tides or Road Tide. Road Tide. We worship. There's a God-sized heart in all of us that are created to worship him. I'm asking you not to fill that with anything but Jesus. Let's learn from the Magi this season. This is just a part of the story. Let's learn from the Magi that if we search... For God, with all our heart, we will follow. We will find him. If we follow the signs, God will continue to get us more signs to get us to the right location. And if we come prepared to worship him, we will be filled because of the joy there is in finding and seeking and following and worshiping God. That joy would overflow through our whole bodies. I know 2020 has been the year that you want to search through but take it like an introvert. Take it that this was your year. We've been preparing for this time, and God knew it was going to happen, so don't think for a second that he didn't know this was going to happen. This is your year. We're ending this strong. As they used to say back in the old churches, I used to come back, take back what the devil stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp, and I, thank you, Jesus, for amen, took back what he stole from me. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity today to learn more about you, learn about your ways, learn about how good of a God you really are. I thank you that as you're speaking to each and every one of us listening today, that you are telling us something special. That nugget that you have for each one of our lives, that you want to search our hearts and to reveal to them, reveal to each and every one of us what it is you're working out in their lives. I pray that we will have the courage to follow the signs. I pray that we have the courage to surrender it all to you and worship you with our whole mind, our whole body, our whole spirit. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I've come to the end of the message. I do want to remind you, if you're online, I do want to tell you this as well. Next week, as a reminder, we will not be here. Pastor Jody, Pastor Peter, and the elders have determined that we can have the day off. I know it sounds, I'm excited about that. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. So we get to, all of us is going to be online because we want you guys to celebrate at home with your families. We ask that you do tune in, tune in on December 24th um, for Christmas at Cornerstone. It's going to be online and then again on December 27th. Grab your coffee, your hot cocoa, gather on the the TV and let's worship the Lord together. And finally, as we close, I just want to pray this blessing over you as found in the book of Numbers. Um, It says this as you leave with your family, that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that the Lord will make his face shine upon you that he will be gracious to you, that the Lord will lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. I want you guys to have a great rest of your week. Merry Christmas and go Michigan. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.